Hello, friends. Welcome to That's Pretty Woo. Conversations about life, beauty, and magic. Because talking it out makes us all more connected. We're your hosts, Jordan Medina and Kayleen Seuss, two friends navigating the balance between making time for our work and passions while trying to be present in everyday life as mothers, partners, and citizens of the universe. Okay, let's chat. We are talking about doing less and letting go. And that's a lot. So I want to just kind of start by talking about what that means to us okay, and why this is something we even want to have a conversation about. So first I want to ask you, like, do you want to be doing less in your life? What is that? What does doing less mean to you? Hmm. You know, yes and no. Um, I want to have a different approach to the way I do things is kind Mm -hmm. of what I've decided in, in studying this conversation and letting go and doing less. And I think, you know, what it means for me essentially is like, basically we're in the society that historically is like super masculine driven and is very forward focused, you know, especially in America specifically, we Mm -hmm. have this culture that is based on capitalism and is based on, you know, your level of success and your idea of success is based on how, you know, how well you're doing financially, like what all goals you've achieved, like it's super forward motion. And Mm -hmm. I am a very goal driven person. Um, I would tend to say that if I had to say like, you know, if you, if you weren't to meet me, if you were just to see pictures of me, or if you were to know what I do for a living, you would assume I'm like the most feminine gal because I love makeup. I love beauty. I am a hairstylist. I, you know, I love old movies and like, like, uh, yeah, you come off as very girly. I'm very girly, yeah. but I'm not like, I also yeah. like, am. once people always have a conversation with me, they're like, Oh, like you're different than I expected. And I'm like, I know what that means. It just mm-hmm. means like, you know, I'm a little bit more, I have some of that masculine energy yeah. and I don't even know what way it's in because I've said to my husband before, I'm like, you know, I'm like kind of a tomboy. And he's like, you're absolutely not a tomboy. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, okay. Like, mm-hmm. but like I, in my heart, like I feel I very driven. I'm very driven person. I don't know. It's like, I just have like a bit of that masculine energy. I like to goal set. I Mm -hmm. like to be forward moving, but I think it's also like a fatal flaw because like I'm burnt out. I'm tired. Mm -hmm. I don't always feel good. And if I can't achieve or tick every, you know, box on the list, then I don't feel great about myself. I don't feel great about my life and it's no way to live. And, you know, it's interesting because a couple of years ago in a book club, I read Lean In, which I really enjoyed. I think it's a great book. I loved it. Too. It's a great book. Yeah. I read it before I had kids though. Yeah. Same, okay. same. Um, and, you know, basically the book, it, it talks about, you know, to kind of get where you're going, you need to ask for what you want. Right. And I have found that to be true many, many times throughout my career. Like mm-hmm. I, in my apprenticeship, I was kind of the first person to be rewarded with certain things. And people would be like, well, why did she get that? And you know why I got it? Because I asked for it. So I that do definitely is like a more I masculine do know trait. that there's yeah. value in doing that though. Right. And in not being super apologetic you know, mm-hmm. all the time. I mean, I just read also Girl Stop Apologizing by Rachel Hollis, yeah. which I, I also enjoyed. And it wasn't quite what I expected either. Like, but it is an interesting thing because, you know, we're told to be one way as women specifically. And, mm-hmm. you know, sorry for any dudes out there listening, because I think that this, this is going to be a more feminine conversation in some Probably, ways, but you need to know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Correct. Yeah. For all my feminist dudes out there. Yeah. Yes. Like listen. Also, on. you're listening to a podcast called That's Pretty Woo. So we'll just, yeah, we appreciate you. <laughs> Thank you for being here. 
What about you? Like how, what do you think? So I kind of came along to this subject in particular because of a book that I read recently. Well, I listened to it on audiobook called Do Less, A Revolutionary Approach to Time and Energy Management for Busy Moms by Kate Northrup. And the book is all about how as a woman or somebody who identifies as a woman, we are in a cycle either with the moon or in our hormonal cycle where it's a 28 day energy cycle where our energy ebbs and flows in a way that is not erratic or unexplainable or crazy the way that sometimes we feel or are made to feel, but has a real rhythm to it that is mirrored by the moon and by mother nature in the seasons. So if you just think about the year as having four seasons, maybe in Austin, you don't have totally four seasons, but you know, there's a time when things are growing. There's a time when things aren't. And so when we expect every day to have like the same output and the same like grind, hustle and grind, um, and then and then we get burnout, like you're saying, we can also approach it in a different way where we embrace the rest and we embrace the times when we need to be down more. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, I listened to that book and I loved it. And it was like eye-opening to me in the sense of, I have in the last several years gone from having like a very busy, very successful career in HR and recruiting to being a stay-at-home mom. And so for me, it was like kind of like taking me out of this like super fast paced, like hustle and grind environment to like looking at my kids and being like, what am I going to do today? Mm -hmm, And then mm -hmm. having that sense of like, I did nothing but keep these children alive. And so in the last three years, I, as I've had two babies now, I've like started to come around to like, oh, maybe I do want to work again in some capacity and have a creative outlet. And so now I'm like, okay, so I've, we've added kids. We uh, have a house that we, you know, you have to do stuff when you have a house and a family and all that. So I, do I really want to do less or do I want to do more? Cause now I want to like get back into my career. It's a balance. Yeah. It's so a balance. Is it, so is that, that's like one of my questions is, is it a balance or is there a give and take or like, what do you stop doing? And yeah, I think, well, I, I'm kind of an example of that. So yeah. I'm somebody who became a mom and wanted to keep my career. There was mm-hmm. never like a moment where I was like, oh, I was like ready to go back to work. Like after I had the baby, cause I was like, oh my God, being a mom is so hard. Yeah. <laughs> being a stay home mom would be yeah. really hard to yeah. be honest, because I'm, I, I struggled even just, you know, not doing things while he was napping. Mm-hmm. But I have come to realize like, if you don't take breaks and if you don't have moments where you like stop, you I mean, it just, when you finally do, you feel so exhausted. Like, right. I know there's this thing called like the blue death I've heard of. Have you heard of this? No. Okay. So the blue death is like when, I think it's when people in uniform, so like law enforcement, night nurses, people who typically work like long night hours. Mm -hmm. And when they retire, they die early. And it has to do with like working these, I mean, part of it has to do with like sleep cycles, I believe, and Mm -hmm. like not giving yourself the adequate rest needed because like sleep is so important and we don't even know. I think, I think just as a society, we're starting to be like, oh, that's an important thing we do. Yeah. Because we're in this society that's like work, 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 up all night, work, 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 study all night. Like even when you're kids, it's like, or like kids, like college age, you know, you're cramming, you're, you're up all night drinking all your coffee and trying to stay awake so you can get all your studying in which things always used to be that way but now we have like social media and streaming and all of these things that like after you do all the work that you need to do now you also have your like downtime keep, you have to yeah keep up with facebook and keep up with instagram and like 
you know, not even like watch one episode, but you have to binge an entire show over oh, the weekend. It's like so it, true. You used to not be able to do There's that. There's a pressure there. I, yeah. I feel that way. I love TV and I, I want to know before anybody else what happens. Like I want to finish it yeah. so that I have the knowledge. Like that's why I'm a terrible spoiler queen and I love a Wikipedia for anything that I'm like watching or reading. I like to know that way I can just like watch in peace knowing what's going to happen. Oh it's a gosh. really, it's a really strange thing, but I have that. Um, but Yes, I think I think also it's like, you know, I read the Kate Northrup book as well. And the part that I really thought like that really struck me was it talked about how societally we've really we we work on a linear scale. So we really think of things on a linear calendar. And it's really finite when you do that. You mm-hmm. know, when I was thinking about it, I'm like, okay, so you're getting from point A to, you know, you're going from A to Z mm-hmm. and you set yourself the goal at Z. And then when you get to Z, you know, it's a funny thing when we accomplish a goal, it's the process that actually is enjoyable. It's not the actual like achieving of the goal, but we're in the society that hails like these things are going to make us feel better. Even in terms of, you know, when I lose this weight, I'm going to feel great. When I get married, I'm going to feel great. When I have a baby, I'm going to feel great. And it's just not true. Well, it's like, yeah, it's very interesting. I mean, I'm really in that right now because I always wanted to be a stay-at-home mom. Yeah, And now, you know, I've got two kids and I'm, I don't even know if I can call myself a stay-at-home mom anymore because I've got a nanny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. So it's like, I recognized at the beginning of this year as my, we were approaching my daughter's first birthday that, and we don't have like plans to like get on it and try and have another baby. So I'm like, okay, well now what? And I, but I've reached the destination. I'm here. Like we've got a beautiful home. We've got two kids, like I've got support. And so what do I want to do now? And Mm -hmm. I, it never occurred to me that I was going to be asking that question because I thought this was it. Like this was what I wanted. So it isn't always that like getting what we want doesn't make me us happy because I'm happy, but I'm also, I think that we are growth seeking beings and that we always want to grow. Yes. And, and I think achievement is part of that, but it's in small scales and it's recognizing it along the way. I know that whenever I've had a certain uh, goal in mind, for instance, I left a job that I've been at for about almost seven years and was going out on my own and it was kind of nerve wracking and it was like a new venture and I was designing my own website and I was, you know, accumulating my list um, of clients and, you know, deciding how I wanted to approach it. And, you know, even now I'm still tweaking and changing and, Mm -hmm. you know, you do that. But there's something about that whole process that was so beautiful, like the process of doing it. It was like, it wasn't even in the actual, you know, moment of doing it where I felt like, oh, this is amazing. It was the actual process of doing it that I so thoroughly enjoyed and was such a like growing experience. And so I've now come to really like, I I need to always be in a process of something. And with, I don't always have, you know, I have a lot of goals and I'm okay if I never reach them. I'm kind of one of those like shoot for the moon, land amongst the stars kind of people. Because I think that, you know, for instance, like right now I'm doing a hundred day yoga challenge. Okay. Okay. And I did a hundred day no drinking challenge like t- as well. And, and I only- these are like, you didn't like, nobody was like, Hey, I'm, I'm launching this thing. Join me. You're no. like, I, you just decided I want to do this for a hundred days. Yes. And I love a good challenge, but here's the thing. A hundred days is a long time. Yeah. It's a long time. It's like a third of a year yeah. <laughs> or like close to it. Yeah. <laughs> Quarter of a year. And, um, and 
you know, it can feel overwhelming, but the kind of nice thing about a hundred days is that it, it, you just settle in. Mm-hmm. And the, what I've noticed is like the hardest part is definitely that middle portion. Like, you know, you get around like day 40 to 50. So like with the drinking challenge, I made it to about, I don't know, day 60 something. And I went to go see my best friends in New York and I never get to see them. Uh, there's a good chance one of my friends will be ha- like, she, you know, trying to have a baby in the next year or so. Yeah. Like maybe I have another baby. And what if we can't drink together for another two years or something? And so it, it all kind of worked out. And I was like, you know what? Like this feels right to me in this moment. It was a mindful decision, which is exactly where I wanted to be coming coming right. from when it came to drinking. Yeah. And I'm so glad I did. I yeah. had the best time. You know, I was I was very cognizant of how much I was drinking. It was nice to have taken the break because I wasn't overindulging really. I was just kind of like, you know, sipping and partaking, but not in a way that felt overindulgent to me, Mm -hmm. which was really lovely. And I was glad. So I was glad that that challenge ended when it did. And guess what? I still made it that amount of time, which is like for some people would be like a 30 day challenge is a long time. Yeah. And so with the yoga one, I've been really going for it. And now granted, you know, some of those days I'm, my mantra is just like struggle, 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 repeated over and over, but I'm still doing it and I'm in it. And, and some days I do home practices and they're pretty bad, you know, like they're, I mean, that's okay. It's all relative because it does count. It's sometimes it's just the breathing in and out and like slowing it down and taking that little time for myself. Yeah. And I've noticed, um, you know, I've noticed that I feel better when I do it. And I think that it's now going to become a habit, which I'm, I want it to be. Yeah. Um, I've always wanted to have a yoga practice. It's something that I thought was like, oh, that's so neat. And you can do it on your own. You don't have to be in a class. Mm-hmm. Um, I do go to classes more often than not because I'm still new to it. And I like the structure and I like the, I like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm, you know, so there's so like a hundred day challenge, but like, again, that's a very like masculine yeah. checked off like list, but there's something about it when you're just kind of settling into it, that it, it is a little bit flowy too. So yeah. Yeah. Well, technically there's eight limbs of yoga and asana is only one of those limbs. So you could practice yoga every I, day. I've thought about that. <laughs> I'm not doing the asana poses, but you know, we don't have to. I know. I I thought about that. And then um, one of my coworkers, Ricky was like, I was telling him that I was doing it at Uh the beginning. And he's like, he teaches like spin and uh, crush and all these different places around town. And he was like, no, I think you're, he's like, what are you going to do on the days where you do it at home? And I was like, I don't know, like 10 minutes. He was like, no, I I think it needs to be 20. (laughs) And so because he said that, that's what I do. Oh my goodness. (laughs) It's like, but it really is, but it's fine. Cause like half the time it takes me like 10 to even get into what I'm doing. And then it's like the 10 to be mindful. So it's fine. Um, and I mean, you can always do a child's pose, so it doesn't even matter. Yeah, I mean, I think I could benefit from 20 minutes of child pose every day. Oh, really, God, me too. So good. Okay, so you just, one of the things that you said made me think, if I'm actually wanting to do less in my life, I could definitely like drink less. That would be an easy thing to take out. Are there other things that are in our lives right now that would be easy things to take out? Because I'm all about getting rid of things that I mean, don't serve me, but I don't always have the ability to like see, are there things that I'm doing or time that I'm spending that is not useful. Yeah. So I'm trying to batch time, batch my time now, Mm -hmm. which um, if you're not familiar with time batching, it's basically the idea that you have a set amount of time to do a certain task. And so there's actually only so much you can do in a day. That's what we forget. Like I'm a huge to-do list maker. And sometimes I do that to alleviate my anxiety because it's in my head. And if I feel like I've written it on paper, then it's out of me. Yes. Um, And sometimes writing it makes me feel like I've done something. It's a, it's a, 
such please, a thing. Please tell me that you are also the kind of person who writes down things that you already did so you can cross yeah, them off. Of course. Yeah. Of course. That's a real joy. It's a joy. <laughs> it's an absolute pleasure. But, you know, there's something to be said about like batching your time. So when I look at, say, like a Monday and I'm going to look at, you know, the morning and I have this amount of time to do, you know, marketing for my job. So I'm going to set out time to plan like what's going to be on my Instagram or what I'm going to email my clients or things like that. And you set yourself 30 minutes to read emails, an hour to do this. And, you know, in the age of social media, like, and I'm so, so guilty of this, like, I almost have to do this to keep myself from consuming. Like, Mm -hmm. I need to produce more than I consume. So I think there's a level of like limiting what you do, you know, Mm -hmm. like only doing so much. But I mean, this is all still kind of, to me, this all still falls in the masculine realm. And when I was talking about like the calendar and having like finite time, like the thing I liked about Kate Northrup's book, and it refers to like your moon cycle and the 28 day cycle and how like our periods correlate with the moon cycle, which I thought is so fascinating and, you know, true if I mean, it is for me at least. Really? Oh, yeah. And so, you know, one thing I thought was like interesting is that every day is a beginning and an end. And if you don't view things as like, well, that's the end of the day, you view it as like it it eases right on into the beginning of the new one, like a circle. It's mm-hmm. it's such a more peaceful, freeing feeling, mm-hmm. uh, which I thought was just so, I loved that. I loved that idea. Yeah. So she talks about how she actually like, she envisions time in a cyclical way. Like if you ask her, where is three o'clock? She can point to it and it's like on a circle. Mm-hmm. Like that's like her, how she visions time, which I had never thought about that. And like, if I ask you, where's 10, 10 o'clock, can you point to it? That's Okay, I don't know if I have that, but now that the thought has been introduced to me, I feel like I could do it, but I don't know if it would be real or not because yeah. now I'm thinking about it. But yeah, that is a definitely like a more feminine way to approach it. And for me, like having been away from my career for a few years, which it's not like I wasn't doing anything. Like I've been doing stuff, but it ha- I've never I haven't been going to like an office or working for like a lot of clients or whatever. So I feel like I've like leaned away from the masculine and gotten away from my to-do list and gotten away from my goals. I had this like thought in my head. I don't know where it came from. Maybe I heard it, but like the years that of, of a new baby, I will not have a goal. So like I decided that I was going to be free from setting goals, the years of a new baby, which like, that's a big piece of time, but, and it was very freeing because there was like no expectations. But with that, for me also comes very little sense of satisfaction Mm -hmm. and very little sense of like worth because so interesting. Yeah. I would have assumed that you, one of my big regrets uh, when I had the baby is I don't know what I thought life would be like. (laughs) (laughs) And I think it's one of those things. It's like, you don't know till you know. Um, And everybody's experience is different. But I had this book that I didn't get until after I had the baby. Now I can't even think of what it's called. The first 40 days or something. And it talks about how like... It's a really good book. Oh, it's a beautiful book. And it talks about... It's like this ancient tradition of how like for the first 40 days, you should just like hermit up. Hunker down. Hunker down. Like be okay with not getting things done. And resting. And like, because you really... You go from this traumatic experience of like birth, which like is a wild thing for a woman's body, directly into this like trying to do all these different things, you know, um, cook meals and, you know, clean the house and breastfeed. Good God, breastfeeding. And, um, and I was not, I didn't know how hard it was going to be and how 
I just had I just had no clue. I just really didn't. And I I will say after I had the baby, my OCD like really went through the roof and mm-hmm. I felt very like compelled to do all the things. Well, your uh, hormones are and my hormones were all out of whack. Oh my yeah. gosh. But like part of it is I wasn't nourishing myself correctly. Right. I wasn't treating myself correctly. I wasn't getting rest. Like when the baby slept and people said sleep during the day, I didn't want to hear it. I I was like, I don't want to like, that's for you, not me. And I regret it. I do. I I would read that book before I had the baby. Now I spent so much time while I was pregnant reading books about pregnancy. What a waste of my time, (laughs) because honestly you have the baby and then you, what are you going to do? Who cares about being pregnant? Like, what does it matter? Like it's cool and all, but it's over. Um, and you're left with this baby that you have no idea what to do with. So I'm like Googling things in the middle of the night, which is don't do it. Um, my like book recommendations now, if anybody asks me like, oh, I'm pregnant, what should I read? I'm like, well, you should read a book about sleep. And yes. I really wish I had read a book about like baby led weaning or whatever you're interested yeah. in. And then potty training. Like I know it seems so far into the future, but you have the time now to read. <laughs> so you might as well like front load your knowledge. It's true. So that you're at least familiar with these concepts because it, when you get into it, you're like, oh crap, I need like the cliff notes version or like, let me look up on Pinterest what I can feed my baby. Cause I don't know. And yeah, I mean, whatever. But, I, but I can kind of understand where you're coming from too. And saying that, you know, when, when you become a mother, here's the funny thing about being pregnant for nine months, people are like, how are you feeling? How are you? How are you doing? The second, okay? the second that baby is born, yeah. how is the baby? Mm-hmm. How is the baby doing? I swear the only person that texted me about myself was you and (laughs) Kayleen should be a doula like truly (laughs) like or just like some sort of like birth coaching like I don't know you're you were very good throughout my pregnancy of like really asking me questions that not a lot of people were considering and I and it made me think a lot and helped me reflect a lot which Mm. was really great and then also after I had the baby you were checking in with me like how's your body how's your this because like nobody's asking about this thing that happened that is yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. Um, and people just, even now, you know, people always check in on the baby, which I so appreciate, you know, I love my baby, but it's not, he's yeah. not me. Yeah. And so I understand that, um, dilemma of, of needing the two, yeah. you know, of needing something else in the world beca- or keeping a toe in the workforce or somewhere, because it's like a connection to your old, like your old self, but also your future self. Like mm-hmm. the thing is, is that like they're with us for an X amount of time, however long your you know, your kids are with you, but like eventually they become their own person and actually happens a lot faster than you think. Yeah. Because like, I can already see my three-year-old as his own person, you know? And so they're in your home for however long they're in your home and then they're not. And I know, and I've always known that like, I want to be me then. I sort of had envisioned that I would just press pause on Kayleen and like, just I'll come back to her later when the kids are done. And then I realize, like, oh, that's not you a know, sustainable practice. I've seen this so much. And I've seen this with my with some of my clients who are a little bit older, who are like more who are in a different phase of their life, who have, you know, maybe their kids are like becoming independent because they're like teens. Mm-hmm. And what's happening is the people who kind of didn't keep a toe in it, I've noticed there's like a little bit of like, Oh my God, who, who am, am I? I? Yeah. And which don't we all feel that oh way? Oh my gosh. Yeah. No, Nathan and I talk, my husband and I talk all the time about how, or I bring it up. I'll be like, you know, I'll be like, am I your best friend? And he's like, well, Wilder's my best friend, you know, oh. our child. <laughs> and I'm like, well, that's not going to be so great when like Wilder like leaves us and goes and has his own family yeah. because like he's I'm, gonna ba- have I'm he's here. He's going to have his own best friend. <laughs> he's going to have his own best friend. But it's, it's, it's a, just a reminder that like, 
we were partners, you know, we almost can't even remember. We were partners for quite a long time before Mm -hmm. we had a baby. And it's hard to remember even what that looked like and what that's, you know, going to be like for the future when we're just partners again. Yeah. And we have this child, but he's his own person. Mm -hmm. And when they're not their own people, when they're so little that they literally require you watching them every move, their every move. Yeah. It, you forget that, but it's, and you lose a sense of yourself you because do. you're like putting it into them. It's impossible not to, Yeah, I would think. Yeah. I mean, we're just speaking from our experience, but I think that it's somewhat universal. I think this, I think, I think there's, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine not that long ago and she had a baby um, fairly recently. And it was really interesting to me because this has not been my experience But she was saying how when she talks to other mothers, she feels badly about herself because they seem like they have it all together and Uh have it all figured out. And that has not been my experience. Um, I feel like maybe it's who I've chosen to surround myself with and also like what I choose to view on social media because I had to unfollow maybe like 80% of people who were like having these picture perfect lives. Yeah. And expose myself to people who felt just as much in the struggle as I did, mm-hmm. you know, and, and that's been my experience, but I, I think you're right. Like these, this, this is only speaking from our perspective or our experience. And I think it runs a gamut. Yeah. You know, yeah. it really does. Yeah. And I mean, like, what does it even mean to have it all together? And I think that like bringing it back to this of like, what is doing less and letting go mean? I mean, for me, I had a very clearly for a long time thought about like, I want to do less. I want to do less and want to do less. And then I started thinking about like, well, that isn't represented in my actions and in my choices. Like I look at our calendar and we're like traveling a bunch and we're like taking on additional things. And I'm like, let's start a podcast and like all of this stuff. So clearly there's something in me that wants to do more. So I think it's not necessarily that I want to do less overall. It's just that I want to do less BS stuff, right? less, um, probably less housewives. I mean, there's like some things that I have done in the past that really were like good for me that aren't serving me anymore. So it's like, that's something that I'm working with right now is like figuring out what are things that are in my everyday life that are maybe just a habit or something that I'm wasting my mental space on or like actual physical time on that isn't serving me. And then the letting go is like, maybe just not being so tied to outcomes and like, but that's another thing. Cause I think I could benefit from having more like goal setting. And so how do you let go and have a goal, you know? Well, you know, it's interesting. Like another book that I read recently called letting go. Um, and that was by David Hawkins. And that book was so fascinating to me. Um, you listened to it. I listened to it. Did you listen to both? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you're only like listening. I'm an audible queen. Yes, you yeah. Are. Yeah. Um, who has time to do anything else these days? <laughs> it's all podcasts and audible from here on out. I don't, I think I'm going to have to buy doing less. Um, is it doing or do less the book? Do less. I think. Okay. I might have to buy it cause I've been listening to it and I feel like no, it's letting just, go, let it go. Let, oh, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Where are we? When are we talking about? <laughs> yeah. Letting go. I think I might have to buy it. I bought it too, because okay. it is, it is nice to kind of go through it. I mean, the guy who reads it, he definitely sounds like he's narrating like the Grinch movie, like doc, like, or the, like bridge to Terabithia or something. I don't know. He's very, <laughs> it's very succinct. I loved it. I would like phase in and out and it didn't matter like what I was listening to. I gleaned something from it because it's just so, it's what a very did you powerful, potent book. I mean, it was so interesting because he kind of gives like a numerical scale to feelings and emotions. And like on your lower end, you have things like shame and, you know, apathy and anger and fear. 
And then on like your highest scale, you have like peace and love. And in that, I thought the most interesting were kind of those mid-tier ones, which were like pride um, Mm -hmm. and comparison, I think was one maybe. I can't remember what it was. Um, But those I thought were the most interesting because I think that's where people hang out the most Mm -hmm. and you get glimpses of love and glimpses of of peace. Yeah, and then you have Mm -hmm. moments of fear and anxiety and he gives like kind of scenarios that throw you into each of them. But how if you have a different um, perspective that you can kind of, jump to here. And I thought the pride ones were so interesting because it talked even about like labels and clothing. It talked about how, you know, when you're kind of on the upper, when you're, when you're into like labels and clothing, you have all, you, you think about like spending money in order to fulfill like an egoic need. And then when you're on like an upper tier, you can look at that and see that that it doesn't matter because mm-hmm. like you're only actually appeasing yourself, which I thought, mm-hmm. oh, that, that one like really just fascinated me because especially in social media and the comparison game, we all get caught up in. Yeah. And but like when it when you really get to it, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. And I thought that's so interesting. And, you know, just how he defined love, I thought was so interesting. But part of the whole premise of the book and the really the whole premise of the book is that you're going to have all of these things happen to you and you have to feel them and allow them. And so it's not a matter of repression. I think so often we think like, especially when you're into this kind of new agey stuff, sometimes like you, you think, oh, well, I just have to think positive to get myself out of this. And what you end up doing is repressing your feelings, but they stay buried in you and you don't really get through them Hmm. and you bury them down. And that was so eye opening for me because I think I have a habit of like sometimes being like, I tend to be more on the positive end of the spectrum, but I think I have a habit of like fake it till you make it. And the idea of like feeling my feelings Mm -hmm. and really feeling them and getting through them. And then that's how you let go. Allowing. Mm -hmm. It's an allowing energy instead of trying to control. And that to me is more feminine. And that Mm -hmm. to me is something that of course I want to do more of. I want to feel, I want to feel freer. And I think that that's, that's how to get there. Yeah. That's interesting. So I don't know. I really, I loved that book. It was like, it was like in my top five probably of all time. Like I'd really, really love the book. So highly recommend. And I also love, I mean, I love the Kate Northrup one too. You know, that one's definitely more geared towards women in general, whereas the other one's more of like a general book. And the other one's a little more like text heavy and a little bit more letting, letting go is like a level. It is. It's like a big concept. Whereas like, I feel like the Kate Northrup book really, it is like a, it's a lot of high level concepts, but then she gives you like some real strategies on like how to enact it, which Again, I listened to that as an audiobook as well and then bought the um the real copy. What's a, a just a regular book? A book. What are we calling those things these days? <laughs> um and I haven't like cracked that open, but I feel like I really want to like go through and highlight it. And in the book she also offers experiments that you can do each week, which I really like because like you, everybody loves a challenge and sometimes I just need that singular focus of like this is what I'm looking at right now. So Yeah. I don't know. I mean, for me, I think the idea of doing less and letting go, those are like just such big concepts that I'm like, yes, I want to embody them. But then when I look at my calendar, I'm like, no, that's... I mean, but I don't think you have to view it like that. Like your day is going to have stuff in it. You're going to have like, your day is going to be filled with something. You might as well, you might as like to me... Sometimes that is doing less. When you give yourself no agenda, sort of like the same idea with time batching. If you give yourself no agenda, A, nothing gets done, but but everything feels overwhelming. And it feels, it's like a vacuum. It it's fills a vacuum. with something it, and, and stuff so, you didn't pick. Correct. Right. So you're a little bit okay. more mindful when maybe you do come into it with a little bit more control, but also you can't control the outcome. So maybe it's a little bit more of like letting go of what you, of the desired outcome. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's like, I like okay, that. I have this goal, but if it's sort of the same way with the 100 day challenge, mm-hmm. I have this goal for 100 days of yoga, but what if I break my leg at day 75? Yeah. Am I going to continue? Probably not. 
Is that okay? Yes, absolutely. And you know what? It's it's a different outcome because I've let go. And Mm -hmm. I'm kind of okay. I think it's interesting because I'm somebody that's kind of okay no matter what. Um, And I've always been this way where it's like, well, no matter what happens, I'll pick myself back up and I'll be okay. I don't I don't linger too long on things. Mm -hmm. You know, even after a fight, like it takes maybe Nathan a few days. Whereas like me, I'm I'm gonna bounce right back and I'm like, hey, like how are you know? And it's like he's like, no, (laughs) we're not there yet. You know, for that energy. Um, (laughs) Yeah. And so, but that's that's a different from person to person. But I yeah. think part of that is the ability to let go. And I, mm-hmm. I think that's not something that I'm bad at. I think it would depend on the subject, you know, like I yeah. think it would depend on on what it is. But but I think as far as like filling your day with stuff, like there's nothing wrong with that. Mm. What do you think about like pursuing hobbies versus trying to make a profit and how mm. nowadays I feel like it's like I look back at like our mother's generation and I feel like they I think they had hobbies. And now it's like why aren't you selling that on Etsy? Well, I mean, I think it's good in some ways, like all the side hustles, because back in the day, you have to think about like societally, even Mm -hmm. things still now where people are trying to keep women at home. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's very much politics that play into that. Right. You know, I think it's a good thing that women are like stepping out. I think it's a really... I think it's, I think some of those things are really interesting as far as, you know, what your side hustle of choice is. And that's like, that's, I'll save that for a whole nother episode. I don't know. I, I think there's all this stuff about hustle, hustle, hustle. And it should, I think I'm a little bit more of like, like flow, flow, flow. Yeah. Um, you know, like we're doing this podcast and this feels great right now. And I'm really excited about it. And, um, but what happens on the day where it doesn't feel like that? You know, yeah. do you keep well, going? Well, I mean, that's one of the reasons why we decided to do it in a season instead right. of like an infinite amount of time to just be like, well, we're doing a pocket, then there's no end. And that's right. like a very like, Ugh, feeling. Oh, I totally agree. Um, constricting. And yeah. and then we can kind of reflect, you know, right. which I think we both need time to do and, and see how we feel and what we want to do differently or what we would change or, you know, how, how we're going about it. Mm-hmm. And so I think, yeah, I think it's a really, that's an interesting concept. I don't know. Um, what do you think about like the side hustle? I mean, you're kind of in that phase of like, yeah. developing one. Well, so I can't really stand the term, but I understand like what we're trying <laughs> yeah. to say there. Yes. And like, that's also like the mompreneur and all uh, of that. It's too much. Like, can't for you me. just be an entrepreneur? Like, why yeah. does it have to be a girl boss? Can't we just be a boss? I, yeah. I totally agree. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's naming things and like giving names to things. And I think sometimes we need that to bring awareness to something. But at the same time that I'm like, are we really that different? I don't right. know. What are we trying to do here? So for me, the reason I asked that is because I've been thinking about it and like I have creative interests and things that are that would just purely be for fun. And I almost never find like the time for it or the space for it. And then I'm like, oh, well, I really should, if I'm going to do something like I should be working on my website or I should be writing or I should be doing this. And so I get into that time of like, if I have a chunk of two hours, which is a generous amount of time, let's mm-hmm. say 20 minutes, what do I, do I do something just for me or do I do something for my work or do I do something for my children? Like I get really stuck. And then what I end up doing is like the lowest hanging fruit of mm-hmm. like emptying the dishwasher. Oh God. Yeah, no. This you, is why I hired he, a coach. <laughs> yeah, because because at the end of the day, like I my, my husband works from home and you know, it's, he used to be a music musician. He still is a musician. He yeah. plays all these instruments. He has all this gear, you know, he's a musician. Mm-hmm. Everybody in his band had a baby. So essentially there's no band right now. Right. But you know, do I think that will never be again? No, I don't believe that. But for him, it's sort of like, if he's not, he has this huge to-do list that never ends. And that's how it is when you own your own business. And I totally yeah. understand that. But if you don't carve out time for yourself, there is no self. So you mm-hmm. kind of do have to do something to cultivate the things you want to cultivate in your life. And I think you have to look on it at 
look at it on a broader perspective. I mean, if I live my whole life for like a client that sits in my chair for two hours, you know, and I think we get in the habit of doing stuff like this, like people stay in jobs that they hate. Mm-hmm. Um, and but then it's like, you know, say I didn't like where I work and I want to move to a new salon or whatever. And I'm like, well, I don't want, you know, people to work, people not to follow me or people to what if they really like this place? Well, they're there for two hours every eight weeks. I'm there all week. So what matters to me is how I spend my life. Yeah. And that's got to be what matters to you. And that's how you really got to cultivate your priorities. Like what in a day matters to you? Is it, you know, like spending time with your child? Like probably that's high on the list of your priorities. But, but it's like actually spending the time. And that's the thing that we can go through a whole day and be like, oh, I never connected with anybody, but I was on freaking Instagram all day. And so that's the thing that I, yeah, that's what I want to do more of is um, I heard somebody recently, I think it was Kate Northrup because I've been consuming a lot of her content lately, (laughs) but she said that she like envisions herself diving into the portal with her children, which is like such a nice visual for me of just like separating myself from myself and like really being present with them. And the thing is, and this is from Shonda Rhimes's book, um, A Year of Yes, they only want like 15 minutes of your time. They yeah. do not. We think when they are like, play with me, we think that it's going to take an hour or whatever. I don't know what we think. We think it's like going to derail our whole day, but they get bored of us pretty quickly. They just want like 15 minutes of our attention. And then they like go off and like into their imaginary And then land. they'll be in school for yeah. hours of the day. That's and then they'll too. have their own after school activities yeah. and their own friendships that they're cultivating that they don't want you present for. And the honest, like, and that's further down the road, but it's easy but it's to that forget that. quality versus quantity. But, oh, completely. Yeah. And, and, and taking time for yourself to do a hobby, you know, yeah. I think that's something that, I think that's hard for anybody as a working parent to carve mm-hmm. out or as a non-working, um, God, even harder as a non-working parent, to be honest, yeah. um, if you're staying home with the kids. But I think that, it and is, I mean, I don't think I had like a ton of hobbies I, when I, I wasn't no. when I, before I had kids. No, like if, but yeah. it, but if there's something that you are drawn to, you know, I think they say like the deathbed regrets are like, maybe that's from the Kate Northrup book too, actually. <laughs> but like, it's like that they didn't make enough time to do the things they wanted to do was right. one of them. And and that's the truth is like, do you want to travel more than travel? You know, if you want to do more of X, Y, Z and you just have to like really I think that's the part about prioritizing your life that we could all use help with and mm-hmm. an outside perspective, like a coach, because it is hard to decide and decipher. Yeah, totally. Well, I think this was a valuable conversation. I do too. I think it's like helpful to just like bounce this thought off of each other and then share it with our listeners. So I'd love to know from you all, what does doing less mean to you if it's something that you want to cultivate and what are you wanting to let go of? And maybe Jordan, should we say what we want to let go of? Is there anything? Yeah, you go first if you can think okay. of something. And yeah, I mean, I think the thing I want to let go of right now is just um, that feeling of judgment that I have for myself when I don't know what I want to do with my time, feeling feeling bad about not knowing because I know that if I was speaking to a friend and they were like, well, I don't know what to do with my time. I'd be like, don't worry about it. You don't have to know the answers, like mm. just trust. And so that's what I want to let go of. Oh, well, you already had your answer. Isn't uh, no, that I how didn't. it goes? So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think mine, mine might be like worrying what other people think about things. You okay. know, I, I don't yeah. think I'm one who, if you met me, you wouldn't think I give a thought about what other people think. But right. I think there's some level of like not lis- not being able to listen to myself because of fear of how, of what somebody else, how somebody else might perceive it mm-hmm. or if they take it the wrong way or something along those lines. So a little bit of, yeah, that self-judgment. So I think that's yeah. what I would give up. But please uh, let us know what y'all would give up right. and let go. Thanks, friends. 
Thank you, friends, for listening. Please connect with us at thatsprettywoo.com and on Instagram at thatsprettywoo. Make sure you subscribe to catch next week's episode and share our pod with anyone you know who's into stuff that's pretty woo. woo.